0: Mayor Brandon Johnson is on the defense over his hiring of a controversial security firm for the newly built migrant base camp. The mayor's office signed in, signed on for a one year, 30 million dollar contract with Garter World to help feed and house some of the over 13,000 migrants that have arrived in Chicago in the past 13 months. Here to walk us through what's happening in City Hall, WBEZ City Government reporters Tessa Weinberg and Mariah Wilfa. Welcome to Reset, guys.
1: Thanks for having us. <laughs> Thanks,
0: right. Mariah. We'll start off with you. Who is Garda World, and why did the city sign a contract with them?
1: Sure. So Garda World is a Virginia-based private security firm that the city is contracting with to provide, quote, turnkey emergency logistics at, yeah, these massive kind of tent camps that the city wants to open. We don't know how many tent camps they, there will be or how many people they will house. But Garter World says they can run camps that, that, that house around 250 to 1,400 people. Um, you know, this Private security firm has also been the subject of allegations of abusive labor practices and treatment of workers. Um, they were one of the firms that Denver was considering um, to use to ha- to you know run shelters and decided not to after those allegations came to light, according to the Denver Post. And this was also one of three firms that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis was had selected to help. Uh, transport migrants um, to places like Chicago. Uh, Garter World says that that contract actually ended up not being activated, but in a cover letter they wrote to the governor, they had said they were ready to provide, you know, 6,000 workers, to provide transportation security for, you know, uh, getting um, migrants out of Florida.
0: So let me ask you this. What services specifically is the Johnson administration looking for, Mariah?
1: Well, they want to open these large tent encampments specifically to get people out of police stations. Currently, you know, there are probably right now, I don't know the latest number around 2000 migrants staying in police station lobbies or airports in Chicago. And so Johnson's goal has been to get people off of those lobby floors and to get people into, you know, places that are frankly just more fit for families. There are babies, there are newborns, toddlers, kids and families as well as single individuals staying in police station lobbies. Anyway, so they want to open these big camps and um, the services that they'll specifically need are, you know, people to provide food, um, security, um, you know, just facilitating the, the 24-hour shelter. Um, Guard a world in a, you know, kind of a list, a con- the contract of what they could offer also said that they could provide, you know, basic health care services like first aid, um, you know, things for nursing mothers, like uh, just cribs and those sorts of things. So really just kind of like
0: overseeing a, a everything. place. Yeah. yeah. Tessa, who's pushing back against this move and why are they pushing back?
2: Yeah. You know, I think it has been a mixed bag in terms of response. I think a lot of advocates and even older persons themselves have said that, you know this is not ideal that we're turning to utilizing these base camps and that this is kind of a last resort but realizing that the city just has limited options you know alderpersons have also stressed their they want to mm-hmm. try to look at um you know other options rather than having Garter world itself maybe staff these shelters something mayor brandon johnson's administration said they're looking at potentially doing um, and they've pointed out the kind of um you know ir- irony that they feel is there the fact that a company that was hired to you know transport migrants out of Florida is now gonna you know basically get paid and benefit for housing them here in Chicago um although like Mariah said you know guardter world stress they they haven't transported migrants to Chicago that that Florida contract is inactivated um but I think there's a lot of questions still swirling for um, you know, alter persons about how is this actually going to work? Is this, gonna, where is, are these going to be in the city? How are folks going to get to, you know, school from these places? Are they going to be close to public transit? Just lots of those kind of ins and outs of, you know, operating shelter where people are going to be living out their lives.
0: You know, I think Mariah touched on this a little bit, but Tessa, what did Garda world have to say about the criticism facing them?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they uh, initially would not answer questions about the Chicago contract, directing questions to the city. Um, you know, on that Florida contract, they really stressed, you know, that was, you know, inactivated, that they have not actually ever um, you know, transported migrants, um, you know, to Chicago, that they've not been transporting people, you know, across state lines like that. Um, and so they've kind of really been defending their record and, you know, touting that their abilities to, um, you know, serve Chicago and to serve, uh, you know, asylum seekers here. And so um, we'll kind of see what that looks like and, and to what extent they will actually be used in terms of going forward with setting up these base camps, if they will actually staff them and what that might look like.
0: Mariah, do we know if there is a a, a chance that, say, maybe local organizations can work with the migrants in some capacity?
1: Well, that's what the goal is. So the city recently opened an RFP, a request for proposals process, looking for local um, community organizations and social service agencies to staff existing brick and mortar shelters, um, and to move away from using a national staffing firm that's charging a lot, lot of money for the city to, to staff the city's existing brick and mortar shelters. The city has extended the deadline for that RFP to later this week on the 29th. And Mayor Brandon Johnson's chief of staff, Christina Passione-Zayas, says the what would be ideal is if they got so much you know interest from local community organizations to this RFP that not only would they be able to staff their brick and mortar shelters but they would also be able to staff these tent camps and instead of using Garda World to staff the tent camps they could just use Garda World to build them and then staff them with their own local community organizations that might be more culturally competent might just understand the community a little bit better and how to navigate you know getting all of the things that new arrivals need. Need to get and so the city kind of said we, we went with Garter World because there's there are very few firms that can stand up things very quickly and help us align with our goal of getting people out of police stations as quickly as possible. And we went with Garter World because the state already has a contract with them, so we can do what's called a reference contract and just very quickly move through the procurement process. Um, they said, you know, assigning a contract with a different firm that doesn't already have one in place with the state would require would, a lot of time and more red tape. And so kind of expediting that process, get these shelters built and then wanting to bring in local community organizations. But it remains to be seen if like they're going to do that if or if if they'll mm-hmm. have enough money for that, because that's on that would be on top of the 30 million dollars they're paying Gardner World up to. And if they even have enough interest uh, or availability of local community organizations to staff the, sh- the tent encampments as well.
0: Well, turning to another story out of City Hall, Mariah, Mayor Johnson's pick for a police superintendent met with the full City Council on Friday. Why, why does this happen?
1: So the um, the pol- yes the the Johnson's uh, pick for police superintendent, Larry Snelling, uh, came before the uh, Police and Fire Committee to get a committee vote, and he passed with flying colors um, and will now go to the full city council. Tomorrow, actually, there will be a special city council meeting just for Snelling's appointment. I think Mayor Brandon Johnson wants to get this person in place as soon as possible with the crime that the city is seeing, um, you know, big spike in robberies, as our colleagues have reported, um, and, you know, get to work on on Johnson's public safety promises, and so um, in that committee meeting, you know a lot of praise for Snelling, and we will likely see his appointment pass the city
0: council tomorrow. Tessa, what so far might be still the biggest hurdle to get the full council's approval at this point, or is it a pretty much done deal?
2: Yeah, it seems like it's pretty much a done deal. You know, he was voted out of committee unanimously. There was very little pushback, um, although older persons, you know, did have questions for Snelling, you know, about how he's going to, you know, deal, for example, with, um, you know, how officers respond to mental health calls. You know, he touched on maybe he would consider, um, you know, redrawing different um, district boundaries. And so they did have questions for him, but, you know. Overall, seemed in support. Um, that's pretty typical of how uh, confirmation votes have gone before Chicago City Council. They're usually not super contentious, um, and so um, you know maybe that's a part as well. Of just that this was a very community driven process. They've you know been you know briefed on who the candidates were, and that uh, the you know Stelling is a, a longtime veteran of the department too, where I'm sure many of them have interacted with him
0: before. Mariah, Mayor Johnson's team is looking to scrap Invest Southwest, at least its name. That's the signature development program from the John from Johnson's predecessor, Lori Lightfoot. What's going on there?
1: Yeah, so you know every every mayor. Wants to come in and have their stamp on neighborhood development. Mayor Lori Lightfoot, for some, took an unprecedented approach to that and really tried to focus on the South and West Sides after years of disinvestment. Um, Mayor Brandon Johnson says the goals of investing in the South and West Sides and focusing on investment in those areas remain. Um, You know, that's a key. That will be a key component of his overall goal of building a safer, better, safer, stronger Chicago, as we hear him say again and again. Um, But they are light on details of how his approach will look different from Invest Southwest. They say they will scrap the name and rebrand their investment strategy, saying his um, mayor... Brandon Johnson's deputy mayor for business and neighborhood development, Kenya Merritt, who's spent decades in leadership roles at different departments throughout the city, so really knows city government well. She said, I think there's a perception of Invest Southwest, particularly with folks that live in neighborhoods, of an unfulfilled promise. And that's not what we want to continue to perpetuate in terms of branding. And so they won't be calling it Invest Southwest, but really unclear about other than the name, what will be very different. I think they, you know, kind of take issue with how long some of the projects have taken um to get off the ground and Kenya Merritt had said like the one thing that the mayor has impressed upon her is that they want to see results um you know development uh -hmm. as former um department of developing depart the department for planning and development Maurice Cox pointed out in an interview to Natalie Moore said He said recently that like development doesn't move on political cycles. It does take, you know, five to seven years for projects to get off the ground. So it's we're going to see like how exactly they're going to speed up those processes. She kind of hinted at maybe there's a different way to fund them in in less complex ways um, and that could help maybe move them forward invest southwest is funded through a mix of sources including private and public funding and that public funding also comes from tax increment financing and so Maybe kind of simplifying the way that these projects are funding is is one guess. But sure. uh, again, in an in interview with me, she didn't have very many details quite yet.
0: Well, Tessa, you recently reported that at least two older people have chosen to forego a pay raise. Who are they and why are they rejecting that raise?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so alder Persons Rosanna Rodriguez-Sanchez and Byron Cicho Lopez, according to um, you know records we had records requested and received from the budget office, were the only two alder persons to submit um, basically these signed forms saying that they are choosing not to accept a 2.24% pay raise that's set to go into effect for all older persons next year. Um, you know, the, the city's budget office uh, would not. Uh, confirm that that means all the remaining 48 persons, the mayor, the city clerk, uh, and the city treasurer will be getting that raise since officials only had to opt out of it to not receive it. Um, in the past, they've routinely released the names of folks. So it's a little unclear why this year is different. And they pointed to, um, you know, info being released in the mayor's proposed budget that's set to come out next month. Um, but th- Sigjo Lopez and Rodriguez Sanchez will remain um, at their current salaries and they are currently among the, the little over 30 older persons who make the highest in city council right now. And Sigjo Lopez says, you know, he wanted to not accept the pay raise this year um, to, you know, stand in solidarity with workers and uh, pointing to efforts before city council like uh, eliminating the subminimum wage and wanting to stand in solidarity with, uh, you know, people who are just fighting for kind of working working people who are fighting for you know basic salaries to be able to get by and live so
0: well unfortunately we ran out of time that was a very quick conversation i love having you guys here so that was wbez city government reporters mariah wolfell and tessa weinberg giving us the latest on what's happening at city hall thanks mariah and tessa
1: thanks mike thanks